Hey everybody and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is Sean Mills and today is Friday, January 26th, 2024. So I wanted to give you guys an update on uh, Snowmageddon. So we went through the super cold. Um, I ended up going down to Haven Earth in Chattanooga and installing some off-grid solar on their tiny house that's made out of hemp which is pretty cool. And I get a call from Dawn on uh, Sunday at, I guess, about four or five o'clock. And she said, hey, it's already snowing here and it's sticking. I'm like, oh, great. The snow wasn't supposed to actually come in until Monday. And so I thought, well, I'd be fine, you know, getting in late Friday night. And, you know, wouldn't be a problem. I'd get in, get everything kind of buttoned up, and then we'd get snowed in. Well, we probably got a solid four inches of snow Sunday, you know, literally before midnight, which is about what time I ended up getting home. I left uh, Haven Earth probably around, I can't remember, 637 um, Eastern time, which would have been, you know, six o'clock central and started on the trek home. And the drive up through Chattanooga and almost to Tennessee was fine. And then probably 20 or so miles before I got to 840, which is kind of like the outer bypass of Nashville, I started getting some snow. And it wasn't like, no, I'll take that back. It actually started snowing about an hour before I got to 840, but it wasn't sticking. About 20 minutes before I got to 840, I started seeing some accumulation on the ground. By the time I got to 840, there was a lot of accumulation on the ground. Uh, And 840 is pretty, I mean, for a highway, it's pretty remote, right? It's, you know, there's, you know, I was going from I-24, which is south, let's see, what is that? Southeast of Nashville to 40, which is due west of Nashville. So... That drive took a significant amount of time, and the second half of that, I was pretty much driving on packed snow. And then I get to 40, and where 840 hits 40, it's normally right about an hour to the house. And so uh, I hadn't stopped for a while. I decided I would go ahead and stop in Dixon, which is like the first big exit after 840, and get a little bit of fuel. And uh, I got some uh, energy drinks because I was getting kind of tired and I didn't know how long it was going to take for me to get home. Now, I had a really thick, heavy blanket and a couple pillows in the truck with me, along with, you know, a change of clothes. And I was set up if I ended up having to, you know, for example, sleep in the truck overnight. Uh, It wouldn't have been super comfy, but I could have made it happen. And, um, but I decided I was going to go ahead and, and at least try to make the drive to our exit. So that took about two hours. So it took about twice as much time as it normally would. I would say I averaged about 45 miles per hour. And honestly, the roads weren't that bad. I mean, it was still, you know, there was two, three, four inches of snow on the interstate, but it hadn't been like packed down by a bunch of traffic it was you could still get decent traction and i'm in a a dually flatbed truck so you know 
I've got four wheel drive, but all four wheels are in the back, if you know what I mean. And I've got highway tires on that truck. So it wasn't like it was, um, you know, it wasn't like it was too super hard to go. Now I was very careful. I really looked for, you know, the, the path that was kind of already laid out for me. There was a portion of time when I was driving in the middle of the two lanes rather than in either one of them. Uh, there were a couple cars on the side of the road. There were a couple semis that had jacktied. Oh, excuse me. And, um, and so I was definitely taking it slow. So I get to the exit. I get to our exit, you know, twice as much time as it normally takes. And, you know, the exit is, I actually know it would be four times as much time because it took me about two hours to get from Dixon to our exit. And that's normally about a 30 minute drive and then it's 30 minutes from there to the house. Well, once I got off the interstate, I mean, when I was on the interstate, there was plows actually running. And as a matter of fact, that for a certain period of time on 840, I was behind one. So there were still plows running on the interstates. They were spreading grit and they had already brined the roads. Once I got off the interstate, it was nothing, <laughs> no plowing. I know they had brined the main roads because I saw it happen before I left, but uh, the the roads are pretty sketchy from the interstate to what I call like where we turn off the main road, right? So there's a there's a three lane highway that's sometimes four lanes um, that goes from you know Camden to Hohenwald basically, and that, you know, that was, that was okay, but it wasn't great. You know, and I got behind a few people that were literally going like nine miles per hour. And I'm like, come on, I understand not wanting to go too fast, but you also can't go too slow because if you like, can't, if you don't have enough momentum to get up a hill, for example, you're just going to sit there and spin tires. But I ended up getting through town and I got to the turnoff. And again, the, the main roads were, were still pretty decent. Uh, they weren't plowed at all, but, you know, there were tracks that you could ride in that were where you could still see pavement. Uh, then I get off of the main highway onto our road. And any semblance of decent um, <laughs> roads went away. Um and so that what would what's normally about a 30 minute drive, you know, I guess it's probably about 16 hours or 16 hours It's 16 um, miles from our house to the interstate. And, you know, that's normally about a little less than a 30 minute drive. Um, you know, that ended up taking another hour. So so, you know, anyways, I got I got to the house and then I don't know if you've heard me talk about it on the on the podcast before. But we've got a really steep driveway. I like having a really steep driveway because it means that people aren't coming up here to joyride, you know. Um, but it also means that when it's really muddy or it's really snowy, that four-wheel drive vehicles have a really hard time. And so I try. I thought, you know what, if I get a running start, I've got some weight on the back of this thing, I might actually be able to get up the hill. Nope. Not happening. I got about halfway up the hill. And then, you know, as happens sometimes when I get stuck on hills like that, 
you start trying to back up and then you just start dragging your front tires. And so I said, you know what? I'm not going to put this thing into the ditch. I'm just going to park it right here in the middle of the, of the uh, incline and I'm going to walk the rest of the way. So uh, from the bottom of our, of our driveway to the house is about three quarters of a mile. And I probably walked 80% of that. So, uh, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't a problem. That hill was pretty tough to walk up just because I'm not in great shape. So, you know, walking up a hill that's so steep that your vehicle can't get up um, in the snow is definitely a workout. But yeah, so I got to the house, you know, the, um, the kids had a fire roaring. Um, so that was nice. I got to kind of sit there and, and warm up and uh, take in the fire a little bit and made a little YouTube short and, and posted that about my drive and, and, and my walk. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it took about six hours to get to the house and that trip, no way. It took longer than six hours. It took, it took over seven hours actually to get to the house because I forgot about the time change, but I made it right. And so, um, so then, so let's see Sunday, it was below freezing all day. Then we got the snow. We ended up with probably just a smidge over eight inches here uh, at our house. And we have never had that kind of snow here. We bought this place in 2012. We've never had snow like that here. We've had cold once or twice like this, but we've never had snow like that. And so we get in or I get in, you know, get, get in the bed and, um, you know, get up the next morning. It's still snowing. It snowed most of the day Monday. And it was really pretty, honestly. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, my wife and kids did not get all the wood split that needed to be split. Um, it, we even talked about it on Saturday. Uh, my older daughter and I talked about it because she wanted to make sure that it was cool if her and my younger daughter went ahead and just started splitting wood without me being there. Because in the past, I had said, hey, I want to be there to supervise. But that had already happened several times. And my old, my younger daughter is, is, you know, she knows the ways of the wood splitter. And so I was like, no, no, no problem. Just take care of it when you get home. Because she was coming back from Nashville um, on Sunday morning. And then my wife wasn't working Saturday. And or Sunday, she, I think she had to go in to like feed some animals and stuff, but it wasn't like an all day. So there was plenty of time all day Sunday for wood to get split before it started snowing. And that didn't happen. And unfortunately, and top of, on top of it not happening, the wood was left out where it got snowed on. So uh, by the time the wood did get split, it was all cold or it was all uh, wet. And so that was something that we had to deal with. We ended up burning a bit more wood than we otherwise would have because it was allowed to soak up a bunch of water before we burnt it. And, um, and, and we're having some airflow issues with the wood stove too. So I'm probably going to have to just take it apart and like clean out all of the nooks and crannies. And I'll probably go ahead and just re fire brick it when I do that, um, in the spring. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely having some airflow issues. We're having to leave the door of the, the, the door of the, uh, of the stove open a little bit for, um, for draft, which is okay because it keeps the fire going, but it means that you're burning more fire, more wood because instead of the fire and the heat and the draft that's in the flue pulling air in, 
you're pulling a whole lot more air in through the door. And where does that air come from? Well, it's coming from outside, right? So you're pulling air from outside of the house to inside of the house, air that's cold to inside of the house um, when you're when you're burning like that. It's basically burning like an open fire, right? And And if you've done any research, you know that burning wood in a fireplace is incredibly inefficient. Uh, as it relates to trying to heat your house. So, um, so yeah, we ended up burning a lot more wood that we, than we otherwise would have. And, um, and, and now I actually need to get out there and, and get some more wood split. I'll get to why that hasn't happened yet here in a moment. But so we ended up with, uh, eight inches of snow and, you know, we had gone through some steps to store some water. So we never ran out of water. You know, we never had to take any drastic steps to have water we never ran out but we did run we did get to the place where our water line froze and we were unable to pump water so we were carrying water that we had stored and so but you know that was fine it wasn't that big of a deal um i did get some uh heat tape in and I put some heat tape on the main supply line that comes from the IBC tote outside into the house. The IBC tote froze on the outside, but not the inside. So, you know, the plan was, okay, when we get ready to use water from the outside IBC, I can just take some water that's sitting on the, on the wood-burning stove and, and staying pretty warm, dump that in there or dump a couple of those in. That helps kind of start melting the water that's around the outside, the, the part that freezes. And then the inner part of the cube never froze. Um, and then, you know, the idea was we heat up the, the line and um, and then pump water. Well, that worked uh, for one day. <laughs> so we kind of went through the, the easily accessible water uh, for a few days. And then I want to say it was probably Thursday. So Sunday night, or you know, Sunday, it, it started snowing. It snowed through Monday. Um, we were using, you know, pressurized in the system water Monday. Uh, by Tuesday, we're using stored water. Thursday, we still had plenty of stored water, but it was like, okay, let's take some showers. And so we let's see what did we do yeah it was thursday i'm pretty sure it was thursday so thursday we got the water running and thursday we had a little bit of a warm spell it actually got above freezing finally and it was only above freezing for a couple of hours and then it immediately dropped down to like eight degrees overnight but but we did get that little bit of a, of a reprieve on thursday and so thursday when we thawed some water out and got the water running everyone took a nice warm hot shower and we got some dishes done. And then uh, earlier in the week, we were just boiling water on the stove for washing dishes. So that was fun. <laughs> um, then let's see. Yeah, so it was Thursday night. All right. So so as I'm working on getting all of the water thawed and getting the heat tape set up and everything, um, I'm noticing a few areas under the house that needed some more insulation. So we got some mineral wool insulation and, and packed those areas. Uh, there's a little area around the wood or around the uh, propane water heater 
that needed to be packed. And so, you know, we just did a little bit of maintenance on that. Well, oddly enough, I, I mentioned that the wood burning stove, we were having to run it with the door cracked a little bit. Well, again, that creates a draft. Well, apparently some of these little spots that were not as well insulated as they should have been were where most of that draft was coming in. And when we packed those areas with more insulation, we limited the space where the air could come in. And our door to the utility room where all of our, um, you know, our pump and our pressure tank and filter and all of that stuff lives, that, that is not that well insulated. And, and it's been on my list for a couple years now that I need to rebuild and re-insulate that, that entry door. It just hasn't happened yet. Well, apparently what happened <laughs> Thursday is we created a scenario where we were essentially forcing all of that draft air that we needed for the wood stove to come in, not all, but a, a, a majority of it, I'm going to say, to come in through our utility room which is about four feet below grade. Uh, you got to take a little stairs down from outside to get into it. And that it caused our filter housing to pop, to freeze solid and break. That, of course, uh, caused all the water in the line that was pressurized to flow down into the utility room, which then froze. Now, we've had water in that utility room before. Because we're four foot above, below grade, particularly in the spring when the water table is higher, you know, we'll just get water seeping in there. We've got a sump in there, and we just go down and pump water out of the sump. Uh, and, and we've had water in there in the, in, the, in the winter before. You know, winter is, is wet season for us here in Tennessee. But it's never frozen. Um, and so that was... Like I stepped in there and, and, and slid and I was like, what the, like, I'd never seen that before. And so, um, so I've got to figure out, I've got to get that, that scenario fixed, you know, pretty soon, you know, probably maybe not before we run our next fire, but the next time we're going to have like an overnight sustained below freezing, I probably need to have that, that, that issue, um, taken care of, um, like I said, it was pretty surprising. It was very surprising to me that happened. And logically, that's all I can think of is that as we buttoned up to all those other little holes throughout the house, it forced the majority of that cold air because it did get down to like eight that night, but it had been colder other nights and we didn't have that freezing in that room. And so, um, so yeah, that was kind of crazy. So anyways, so now for the third time since we've owned this house, I've had to replace the sediment filter because it froze. And I think I've said a couple of times now that I won't let that happen again. So obviously um, it did happen again. So let's see. So water storage is okay. Wood storage below par. Um, we used our propane um, heater a bit and that works really well. Um, I was surprised at how well it worked. As a matter of fact, it worked so well then I went ahead and bought a replacement heater for the living room um, so that in the event that we have, you know, kind of cold where we don't really need a fire, um, that we can just flip that bad boy on and let it run for a little while. So uh, I was very impressed by that. Um, 
once we finally started getting some sun, which didn't happen until probably Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday, the uh, mini splits did a great job of a little bit of supplemental heat. So, um, so yeah, I was, you know, obviously we bought those for air conditioning, but they're heat pumps. So they can also pump heat from the outside to the inside. And the one in our bedroom actually apparently works down to negative five degrees. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, both of those systems worked really well uh, to just kind of take the edge off, especially the living room one, the one that's solar powered, um, like direct, obviously everything here is solar powered, but those have solar panels wired directly to it. And, and those worked, that one worked really well. I was very, very impressed by, you know, we had probably, I think it was, might've been Thursday actually, now I'm thinking about where we didn't even run a fire until, you know, the late evening because that was enough to keep the house warm uh, throughout the day. Uh, cleaning the solar panels was a bit of a chore. Uh, the ground ones, no problem, other than, you know, just had to figure out how, where to put all that snow. Um, but that wasn't really a problem. The ones up on the roof, and again, this is why I tell people, ground mount systems are the way to go. Uh, the one on the roof was a pain in the butt to get, uh, to get all that snow off. I got up there and got it off but it was not fun. And um, while I was getting the ladder out, my big long extension ladder, uh, in order to be able to go up onto the solar, the elevated solar mount and clean those panels off, um, I stepped on the rope, you know, the rope that you use to pull to extend the ladder. I stepped on the rope, which kind of jerked one side of the, of the ladder out of my hand, and I dropped it right on a solar panel. <laughs> Not one that was in the system. It was one of the two that I had set up for the uh, DIY uh, Eco Pro. Uh, but yeah, I cracked the solar panel. So that sucked. Um, that, and that was one of the new bifacial, really good ones. So that sucked. But I'll figure out, I'll figure out some, something to use that thing for eventually. Not, not a high priority right this second. But, you know, it's something that I'll eventually figure out what to do with um but yeah i hated hated that so i've got one less usable in brand new condition uh bifacial solar panel at this point because of that uh let's see what else happened so yeah the other thing that was kind of crazy is the uh um you know the packed snow on, on the paths that we walked on uh eventually became very and, and drove on became very very slick you know we packed the snow down, then it melted a little bit the day that we got above freezing, and then it refroze solid and stayed that way for another four days. And so that created a bit of a, um, of a walking hazard. Uh, in terms of clothes, great. You know, uh, we ski, and so we had a bunch of bibs and, and goggles and stuff like that. So that worked out really well. Um, no problems there. I guess the biggest thing... It, you know, the, fixing that utility room is, is the biggest thing that came out of this that I need to do. And Don and I talked about, you know, why don't we move some additional water storage into that utility room? So I went and got four 55-gallon uh, drums that I'm going to plumb together in that utility room. And I think what we'll do going forward is we will actually pump water from the outside storage to that set of four IBCs or four um, barrels. And then we will pull water from that into the house. I think that's what we're going to do. Um, 
I think I might at some point, maybe way in the future next year or something, I might end up putting some more water storage under the house in the crawl space area. Uh, they have those water sacks that, you know, they're like pond liners basically that you can pump water into. And uh, I think I might do that. I, what I'd really like to do is knock a hole in the wall between the crawl space and the utility room and just build a little hobbit door there and, and insulate it. But uh, that would make it way easier for me to look at and diagnose any problems with the plumbing system. And it's tall enough underneath that side of the crawl space where I could actually stand barrels up so I could put some more water storage under there with, uh, with just the barrels, which are much cheaper than uh, those water sacks. So not sure exactly what I'm going to do there, but I've got unused space that I could utilize for water storage as long as it was plumbed and, and watertight and, and, and everything. Uh, so I think I might end up, end up doing that, but yeah, I guess the, the, the number one takeaway from the whole thing is, uh, if we're going to get weather like that, I can't go out of town. I've got to be here, um, directing the family to make sure all other things get done. Um, they, everyone is really great at doing stuff. Um, but they just don't have the life experience that I do, I guess, um, from dealing, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit about my family because I'm not, but like, there's a whole lot of stuff that would have gotten done if I was here because I would have thought about it and they just don't have that. I guess life experience is the right word of, of thinking through like what could go wrong and here's how to mitigate it. Um, because I'm the one that does that, you know, like I'm the one that does that for the family. And so you know, the fact that um, literally all the wood that was outside that could have been split up didn't get split up, like that wouldn't have happened if I was here. Um, you know, the fact that there were still dishes in the sink that could have been washed when we had running water and no issues with any freezing at all. I hadn't even started freezing yet. You know, like that would have been done. Like everyone would have taken showers. We would have had our indoor stored water. 100% of the dishes would have been cleaned. Why? Because if, you know, if and when the water line freezes and we're carrying water, um, and when I say carrying water, I mean from the back porch to inside, right? It's not like we're going down to the creek. Uh, but it's still a lot less efficient doing it that way than just using the plumbing system that we already have in the house. And so, you know, little stuff like that um, that, doesn't seem like a big idea at the time, but it is a big, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal at the time, but it is a big deal because the alternative is so much more labor intensive. And so those are the things that I would have thought about if I'd been here. Um, and again, I, I did think that Sunday I would get back and, and have several hours before it even started snowing. And I was wrong. I got here way earlier than it was supposed to, than they had forecasted. So that's the biggest takeaway for me is, don't be out of town before a weather event like that. Um, the second takeaway is I need to work a little bit more on some water resiliency plans. We never ran out of water, but I could make it easier for us. And, you know, who wants to work hard when you can work easy? So I think I'll get those plans put into place this year. Probably not this winter. I've got so many projects that need to get wrapped up that uh, I probably will not get it done until... Um, 
you know, next year sometime. But the goal will be, hey, we got to get this done before next winter. And I have been thinking about changing up the water storage strategy on the property, especially once we did the, the solar water pumping Kickstarter, because I'm like, man, I could take 100, 200 gallons out of that well every day, easy, without having to do anything, just trickle it out. But I got to have somewhere to put it. And so that has had me thinking a lot about how we move water around uh, the property. But um, and specifically, like, how do we store it in the winter and, and make sure it's easy to utilize? Because ne by next winter, we will have animals. And when we've got animals, it's going to be that much more important to, you know, have those systems that are resilient, that work, that that we don't have to think about, that they just do what they're supposed to do. Um, so that we can focus on the hard work of keeping animals alive in the winter. So I think that's kind of um, where I am. Uh, I'll continue to share some ideas there. Uh, I think I mentioned on the last uh, podcast, I've got a couple uh, more interviews lined up, and I'm working on getting a lady uh, that's a super expert on uh, chickens lined up for next month. So, um, so yeah. That's that's kind of the update from the off-grid homestead. We stayed warm. We um, didn't have any problems other than some water issues. And when you live in Tennessee and you get eight straight days below freezing uh, and you have eight inches of snow on the ground that literally didn't leave until Tuesday when it started raining. Oh, that was another thing I was going to mention. Then everything melted and it started raining. And it's pretty much been raining nonstop since um, Monday. So now we have the mud bit, the mud bog. Um, our driveway is in worse shape than it probably has ever been in because of this mud. Um, we've got a spot right in front of our uh, carport that you can't even drive through right now. Like literally my daughter got our four-wheel drive diesel excursion stuck in it, and I had to pull her out with the flatbed um, this morning uh, because it is just clay, wet, soaked mush. So now we're dealing with that. So hopefully the rain moves out, and next week it starts to dry out a bit, and I'm going to get a guy to bring some, uh, some gravel in here. We're going to put some gravel down in the parking areas. But, uh, yeah. So we went straight from the ridiculousness of eight inches of snow and literally zero degrees in Tennessee to uh, three straight days of rain and on top of the snow melt. Uh, and it's just it's just uh, way more water than the ground is ready to handle right now because we don't have any. There's no real biological activity happening right now. You know, that's the other thing. You get a lot of rain in the spring. Well, guess what? All your trees are, are growing and you're grass is growing your plants are growing so they will utilize that water right now it's just sitting here turning into mud so uh, that's where we are with that all right guys well, i'm going to wrap it up there for today thanks for joining me if you got any comments questions or concerns you can send them to me at sean s-h-a-w-n at hackmyhomestead.com and we'll talk to you next time